You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. This week, we continue the Share the Dream series as Pastor Rick reminds us that God has chosen each of us and we all have something awesome to do for Jesus. So last week, we were 1 Chronicles 29.11, talking about God being sovereign. Today, we're going to start at 2 Chronicles 29.11. We're going to talk about how you are chosen. Let's jump to it. Second Chronicles 29, uh, 11. And actually on, uh, in my sermon notes, I've got verse 10 rolling into that a little bit too. My sons, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him, and to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. Okay, so yes, you may know that this was actually spoken by God to the priest, the Levites. The Levites were like temple assistants, you know. Uh, and you may know that, okay, this was spoken to them, the priests and the, the, the temple assistants. Maybe, maybe like you could kind of say here today would be maybe more like staff, you know, church staff, pastors and that kind of a thing. And say, okay, so that's just to them, right, pastor? So that, that, that scripture right there isn't really to me, is it? Correct. That was spoken to them. But something happened about 2,000 years ago. You know what happened? You know what happened 2000? Jesus Christ came. And when Jesus came, everything changed. And one of his uh, followers, one of his disciples, Simon Peter, heard of him, right? Simon Peter? Okay, he wrote this, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, about priests. He says, but you are a chosen people. Chosen, right? That's my word today, right? You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Okay, who is he talking to? He's, talk, he's talking to uh, Jews and some Gentiles. But he's talking to all of it. He's talking to all of Christians. He's talking to uh, the first century church. He's talking to those after Jesus, after the, uh, the, the, the church was birthed at Pentecost. This is who he's talking to. He's not picking out a few. He's, talk, he's not talking to like uh, the, the pastor, and the, those who are on the stage in 2018. He's talking to those who are sitting in the chairs in 2018. He says, you are a priesthood. Every one of you, all of us are. We're all a priesthood. You know, the, the Old Testament is... Um, and I, I, like to, I like to say it this way. The Old Testament is a foreshadow of the New Testament. When we look at the Old Testament, we see things very easy to, it's kind of easy to picture things because everything's very, very physical. You know, it's, it's exact and physical. But then when we move to the New Testament and Jesus and, and, and what he did to transform this is he took things from, from just a physical thing, like all the stuff that they had to do. I mean, you've read that, right? Have you read some of that stuff? You know, it's so hard to get through Leviticus and Numbers and some of Deuteronomy, right? You know why? It's because all that stuff they had to do, very physical. So now through Jesus in the New Testament, how that's changed is it's all spiritual. It's us to see that and understand, oh, this is what's going on. So like they were very, phys- very physically, these were chosen and set apart, but all of us now are chosen and set apart. And, and, and you are, and you are, and you are, every single one of us. And I know that also, now that sounds great until you say, well, wait a minute, that sounds like if all of us are chosen, you know, everybody, not very special, is it? You know, kind of feel like, well, I, we're just all getting a participation trophy today, right? Because we've all been chosen, right? You know, got, got to choose everybody, you know, can't leave anybody on the bench. Everybody's got to play, all that kind of thing, you know, some of that stuff that, you know, in, in, in sports things and so, you know, and some of our our, our our little leagues and things, and we see that. And so you feel like, well, we're just getting a participation trophy because we're all chosen, right? No, it's more than that because God chose all of us 
but he chose us individually. If, if you, over the next 10 years, if you adopt 10 children over the next 10 years, you didn't choose a group. You chose each one of them. I choose to adopt this one. I choose to adopt this one. I choose to adopt this one. And the same way, God's done that with you and me. Yeah, all of us have been chosen and are, and are allowed, but he has chosen us specifically. And let me show you, because he's also uh, gifted us with certain gifts and abilities and talents. So let me take you to some scripture in the Old Testament. And there was so much that I had to really cut down a lot. But I put, I put links on, there's one page. You can go to, the, go to the Connect page that Justin was just talking about, church2911.com slash connect, and look for my for sermon notes, and you can go, and, and it'll show you even more than this right here. All the references are there, but even more scriptures. But just look what it says right here, just real quick. These are just some of the things that are said about the people in the Old Testament, okay? The priests and the Levites, they will serve in the temple of God. Others with skills of every kind will volunteer. It's not just the priests. It's not just the temple assistants. All the women who were skilled in sewing and spinning prepared blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen cloth. They were building the temple, and they had to have these cloths and, uh, for, for making curtains and things. Uh, Huram was extremely skillful and talented in any work in bronze, and he came to do all the metal work for King Solomon when he was building the temple. Uh, and I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, Bezalel or something. He was filled with the Spirit of God with great wisdom and ability. He was a master craftsman, expert in gold, silver, engraving gemstones and wood. And then also, Scripture said, the Lord has gifted other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. Okay, so what's really cool here is that God has gifted all these people in different ways. And just like Hiram up there, his dad was a skillful, it, it, Scripture says his dad was a skillful worker, I believe, in bronze. And so he kind of grew up with it and say, okay, well, and that's how he got it. That wasn't a God thing. Yeah, it was. It's just like Ali's uh, story just a few moments ago. God chose her and he just orchestrated all of this, that he connects with Hayden, who gets connected with 2911. And now they get connected as they get married, and now they're both serving in minutes. Incidentally, Hayden is the guy standing over here with his guitar, okay, in case you don't know what the connection is right there. Just awesome story, right? And God orchestrated all that. He orchestrated this too. And what is, uh, to me, what is even, even more cool than uh, just taking that to the next level of cool, uh, of, of what is being said through all these scriptures is this. It's not just that you've got all these different things in you that God has gifted you with, like Jeremiah said, you know, all your members that are being written and God, how, how he wrote them. It's not just that, but that God knows that. And he points that out. God knows what you're gifted with. And he points that out. It's on his mind. He's thinking about this. This is, this is the thing that you're gifted with. This is the thing you're gifted with. This is the thing you're gifted with. And so you're called to do this. And you're called to do this. And you, you have the ability to do this. And, and you're going to have the ability to do this. You can touch people in this way. And you can touch people in this way. And every single one of us, how do we say it around 2911? You want to help me with this? Everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. Everyone, every person hearing my voice, not, not a single one of you doesn't have something awesome to do for Jesus. Yeah, everyone. everyone even those of you who, who think, man, all I ever do is get the participation trophy. You know, Even you, yes, you have something, not okay, you have something awesome to do for Jesus. All of us do. We all have something awesome to do for Jesus. And so we need to embrace that thing and, and, and be a part of what God has called us to do. Okay, so in 2 Chronicles 29, 11, there are, there are three things that it tells us 
that are important about being chosen that you need to know. I want to tell you today, okay? Three things in 2 Chronicles 29-11, that first scripture we started with, that tells about this being chosen thing. And see, and, 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 it's, and it's, it's not back in those days, it's like today, it's, it's fulfilled today. What we saw there very physically is being fulfilled in, in, in spiritual terms, that foreshadowing of the Old Testament today. So 2 Chronicles 29-11 tells us three things. Three things, okay? Three things about being chosen. Okay, so he here's the first one. Being chosen is an invitation to be in God's presence. Now, that's an awesome thing. You think, about, think about what I just said. If you're chosen, you have been given an invitation to be in God's presence. Is there anybody sitting here today that's ever had an invitation from the Queen of England to come see them? Anybody? 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 How about anybody been invited to have a personal, personal invite? You had a personal invite to have just a personal meeting with the president, this president, or a previous one? Anybody? Anybody? Not yet. Through other fields, he still got faith. Not yet, right? But you know what? We've not been invited to those. I mean, for most of us, we think probably the most authoritative meeting we'll ever be in, uh, invited to is you know by by the principal when we need to go see him because of something our kids did in school, right? Or, or, or maybe, maybe the boss has invited us to a meeting this week that we're really not looking forward to, right? And we're thinking that's probably the, the most authoritative meeting we're ever going to have uh, the opportunity to be invited to. No! You have an invitation, an open, standing invitation every single day that you live to be in the presence of the sovereign creator of the universe. That's what you've been invited to. What an awesome invitation you have. Not, not, and not just this moment on Sunday morning, we'll talk about that just here in just a second, but every single day that you live, you're invited to be in his presence. Okay, so let me show this to you, all right? All right, this is a, a scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for, and, and, let me, and let me say, he, this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, okay? And he says, for, or, for through him, for through Jesus, that's what he's talking about, we both, okay, so he's, he's writing to Jews and Gentiles, more Gentiles here than Jews, maybe some Jews that are there also, but Gentiles, uh, non-Jews, okay, for, for those of you that don't use vernacular, it means non-Jews, anybody that's not a Jew is a Gentile, okay, that's what that word means, and so here's what he's saying, he says, for through Jesus, we both, Jews and Gentiles, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. I am so thankful of this Scripture because some people, you know, like trying to say, well, the Old Testament, that was for them. I know the Old Testament had been fulfilled. And then some people say, well, but God, was, that's just for the Jews. No, it's, it's for everyone because there it says that's what Paul is talking to them about. He's saying it's for everyone. We now have access. So in the Old Testament, what would happen is the high priest could go into the, into the very, very presence of God, into a special room of the temple one time a year. The rest, of the, the rest of the time, he could go and he could get close. The, the, the rest of the Levites, the rest of the priests, that was just the one high priest, the one person in the whole world. But, but the, the, the other priests, they could go get close at times. Or the, the temple assistants, these other Levites, they could, they could go and get close at times. But what Jesus has done now is he has invited every single one of us to not just get close, and not just get close for a little while, but to be in, to live in his presence. That's the invitation. That's, that's the privilege you and I have because we are now have been chosen by God to be priests. We have the privilege, the invitation to be in his presence all of the time. And let, me, let me show you some of the awesomeness here, okay? And this is in the book of Hebrews. 
All right, Hebrews chapter 4. So then, since we have a great high priest, okay, so all of us are called to be priests, but we have one great high priest. And who is that? Jesus, Son of God, who has entered into heaven. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. He's gone back to the right hand of the Father. This high priest, Jesus, this high priest of ours, understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. He understands your weaknesses. He understands what you struggle with. He understands, you know, uh, right before the first service, there was some, uh, one of our men who had been sick this week. I asked him, I said, well, you on top of it? Because he'd been under the weather, right? And I said, well, you on top of it yet? You know, he understands. Jesus understands what gets us down. You know, not just our sicknesses and our illnesses, but, but the stuff that we deal with, the stuff that we struggle with, the, 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 the places that, that maybe you particularly so awesome, uh, often fail or fall in or slip in. He understands that because he was tested just like, just like we were. He, he, he went through that, and so he understands. Even though he did it without sin, he understands the temptation. He understands the struggle. He understands the fight. Uh, like what Ali said also, said, she said, you know, it's something that, that's right. God understands that. You know, whatever you're dealing with, God understands. So you don't have to, when you come into the house of God and into his presence, you don't have to come in with your head held down because you feel like, you know, maybe you've had a really rough week and maybe you hadn't been the, the guy or the, the lady of God that you're supposed to be and maybe you haven't fulfilled and you haven't really been the priest. You, you don't have to. He understands what you've dealt with. And so what does the next verse say? The next verse says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Don't come with your head held down. Come boldly to the, to the gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it. But what do you need? You need some grace. You need some mercy. You need some help. Then come boldly. You've been invited into his presence. And we've already been there. We've already been there. We've been there today. In the worship, we've been there today. And we're going to have one more time. Go ahead and tell you if you don't know. We're going to have one more chance to go there and worship. At the end of this service, we're going to sing a final song. One of the reasons I like to sing a final song and, and pray a final prayer is, is so that we don't end with this thing of me just talking to you, you know? It kind of really get to all be together when we pray and we sing at the end, and, and we've got that one last moment. So let's take advantage of that. Press in. You know, it, it's crazy to me that sometimes I, I, I'll see or I, I'll just notice I'll have people actually tell me, you know, that, that some would like really feel like they, they, they were in the presence of God and some would say they weren't really, didn't feel it today. It's like, man, the, the same service, how can that be? You know, it's not like there's pockets of God here and there. No, you just got to press in. You have the invitation today. So boldly walk in. Throw, throw your head back and be proud. And boldly walk in and say, I have gotten the invitation to be in the presence of God. Because we, we do this in two, two ways, okay? Two places. One of them is corporate worship. That's what we're talking about right now. When we all come together. Corporate worship, and we get to be in his presence. Jesus said we're two come together in his name. He said, I'm in their midst. So that means when, whenever we come together in the name of Jesus like we have today, that means we're in his presence. We've got that invitation to be in his He's here, so we just got to step in. And if you didn't step in, step in this morning. You know, that's one of the reasons I, I like this also. You know, when, when, when the, the words go away, when there's nothing to sing in the middle of a song, I love that time because... You know, you know when, when the words are up there, sometimes you can get real focused on the words or, or focused on how to sing, you know, the notes or whatever. But when the words go away, what do you do? Press in. When the words go away, that's your time. That's, that's time. And we, we got this last song here today. So when the words go away, then, then take your time to say, wait a minute, I'm in the presence of God. And relish it. Enjoy it. You know, embrace it and say, wait, 
The presence of God is in this place, and I am in the presence of God. And take, take full advantage of it because being chosen means you have been invited to be in God's presence. But you also get to do that in your private time. And you know, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, I used to hear people talk about their prayer closet. You know, and so as a kid, you know, I thought every great Christian, all those, all those awesome soldiers of the faith, I thought they all had a closet at home that was their little special closet they went to and they prayed in, you know, closed the door, you know. And, and now my mom, she didn't do that. She just went into her bedroom and she, she I don't even think she closed the door because we could hear her, uh, as my, my cousin used to say about my mom and her sisters, he said about his, about say that she's in her bedroom yelling at God, you know. And we could hear, hear him yelling at God. But I thought, you know, at first I thought everybody had this prayer closet, you know. It, it, the, but the phraseology there, the term there, the prayer closet thing, the reason they used that is it was, it was significant or symbolic of, of closing yourself off and having some time with God all alone. And you know, it's hard to get that anymore, right? Who's ever alone anymore? We got our cell phone. I mean, you carry that cell phone, you're not alone. If you got your cell phone with you, are not alone. You can be interrupted at any second, Right? Come on, I mean, you get a text, you get a notification, you get an email, and you get phone calls, what phones used to be actually used for most of the time, right? You, you, you're never alone. So here's what you've got to do. You've got to find your own prayer closet. Set your phone aside. If you're driving down the road and you're by yourself, I never listen to music. I never listen to music. I never listen to hardly anything. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know what Paul Feinbaum talks about anymore these days. You know, and those I, I don't listen to that. Turn off the radio. Slide your cell phone away and just have some time alone with God because even in that moment, you, because you're chosen, you are invited to be in the presence of God. What an awesome thing. Secondly, 2 Chronicles 29, 11 says, being chosen is a call to serve God. Oh, pastor, everything was awesome. Now you want to talk about work, right? Serving, volunteering, getting involved, doing something. Pastor, man, okay, well, wait a minute. We're not going to be that petty or tacky or immature, are we? We're not going to embrace the invitation to be in his presence and ignore the call to serve, are we? Come on, we wouldn't do that, would we? Embrace your God-given passion. You, you didn't know that. Where do you think you got those passions from? According to Jeremiah, you know, where do you think you got those passions from? You know, as I look around and as I think about you, and, you know, I've already preached this message once, and I've already thought about some of you in this first service while I was saying this. As I look around, I look around, I, I see some, some of you guys are pretty weird. Y'all know that? You got some weird passions. You got some things that you really, you know, you, you're some weird. And, you know, aren't you thinking, you know, you're thinking about somebody sitting here already, aren't you? Yeah, that's your weird. And David, you know, we, we, you've heard us say this if you've been here for a while, is, you know, we, we years ago, we fell in love with weird people because weird people get things done. You know, if you're not weird, you know, if you, everything's got to be perfect, you know, you don't get anything done. Weird people get things done. Weird people think outside the box. Weird people, weird people don't just go with the flow or do it the way it's always been. Weird people are trying to figure out, wait a minute, how can we do this? Weird people are, are, weird people are good. And all the, all the weird people, and I'm, I'm, thinking, and I'm trying to not make eye contact with you because I don't want to embarrass you right now. But I mean, so you weird people, you're weird because God made you weird. You've got weird passions about you. You're that way because God made you that way. You have God-given passions to do things. Embrace that. 
Don't just accept it. Embrace it. Say, yeah, this is a place that I'm weird, and I'm going to be weird. You know, and I'm really trying to not make eye contact with you guys because there's some of you, yeah, you really are, and you, you're getting this right now. I say, yeah, that's me, Pastor. I know you're preaching to me. Yeah, yeah, and I know, and we are. Embrace that God-given passion. So then how is it that we serve? That can we really, well, can we make God a meal this afternoon? And how do we get it up to heaven? How are we going to serve God, you know? We serve God by serving others. Now, I didn't say that. Oh, well, I just said it just then, but I didn't say it first, okay? Jesus actually said it himself first. Matthew 25, verse 40. Jesus is telling the story, a parable kind of a thing, and he's talking about himself in this, okay? So what he's saying is about himself. Um, he says, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. He's talking about all the good stuff, you know, and the day of judgment. So when, when I tell people, hey, you did, you did this good, this good, this good, and you're going to say, when did I do that for you, Jesus? He said, when you did it for others, you did it for me. That's, that's what he's saying here. We serve God by serving others. You know, and, and we get really caught up in this word calling, you know, and um, I got a lot of young men that are in ministry now and, and, and young women that are in ministry now that they were in our youth groups back years ago and even some that uh, I pastored and now they're in ministry. And you know, one of the things that I've seen a lot of them do is they get hung up on this word calling. What's my calling? But I see you guys doing it also. Sometimes I've had you ask me, I just don't know what my calling is, Pastor. I don't know what my calling is. I, I, I don't understand. You know, but we need to be really careful because if we're not careful, we will get so busy with our calling we won't have time to do ministry. Okay, I don't, I don't know if that resonates with you. But you see, I've seen a lot of those young men and older men as well get so tied up in their calling they couldn't do ministry. And i tell you something, the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, we're not unionized, okay? So you, you can venture out of your little area and if you go over here and do something, somebody's not going to get fired out of the kingdom of God because you did something, okay? You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of like this, you know you know the story and, and actually if you go again to the connect page, find my sermon notes you can you find the link there to the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan, right? You know you ever heard this story? If you have, most of us focus on these facts: is there was a man that got beaten up and robbed and left for dead, and there was a Good Samaritan that came came by, rescued him, and and took care of him for the next few days. Okay, but we forget before the Good Samaritan got there. There were two other people that passed by on that road. You know who they were? The exact same people who were mentioned in 2 Chronicles 29 11. Okay, now that was a thousand years later, so they were not the same people alive, but the same exact people a priest and a temple assistant, a Levite. Before the, before the Good Samaritan walked by, a priest walked by and he saw that guy beaten up over in the ditch. And that, I, I just always picture him in the ditch. Saw him beating up over in the ditch, and he passed by on the other side, and he kept going. The Levite, the temple assistant, he came by, and he saw it, and he passed by on the other side, and he kept going. Uh, based on what Jesus tells us about the story, they were probably either going to or from. We don't know which direction they were headed on the road. They were probably either going to or from the temple. That's where they both worked. That was their calling, and that's where they were headed, and they were so involved in their calling, they didn't have time to do ministry. You know, uh, they had calling. But they didn't have ministry. You know, and so if you're really worried about what's my calling, what, you, don't worry about your calling. It'll find you. 
Don't worry about your calling. Worry about ministry. Because calling does not preempt ministry. Calling is all about ministry. It's about serving. It's about helping. It's about finding somebody hurting and binding up their wounds, uh, giving them a hug, encouraging them, texting them, uh, emailing them. You may say, well, I just don't have a... You know, everybody in this world is connected today because of social media. We don't have any excuse to not do ministry anymore. You know somebody is hurting? Even if you don't, I, we had to find some, some visitors that, that were here a, a month ago. We couldn't find them, but you know, I found them on, I found them on Facebook, and I was very apologetic, but I wanted to reach out to them and told them, I said, I hope you, you'll be okay with this, but I was able to find them, even though we didn't have anything else. We have all kinds of opportunities to do good today. Somebody's in a hospital, go by and see them. They get out of the hospital. Fix them a meal, take it, take it to their house or whatever. Somebody who's uh, had, had a death, even if you can't go to the funeral, if you, even if you can't afford flowers, you can be there. You know, you can, you can be there, make, them a, make a phone call, send them a text, send them a message or something. You can do something to be there. It's, it, it, this whole thing is about ministry. Serving God is about ministry. It's about finding people who have needs and doing something about it. And you know, you, you don't have to look hard to find the needs. They're all around here. You know, you're sitting here today, and you've already been ministered to. You've already been served today. Every Sunday, every Sunday, all these people that come and turn this place into what Colin called the Civic Center of the Lord. Now, David had to straighten me out on the story a little bit after the first service, but now she reminded me exactly how this happened. We were sitting around the table and uh, Macy was talking about going to the house of the Lord, and Colin wanted to know what that meant. And so David said, well, that, that's, you know, it's the church. It's where they go and have church, the house of the Lord. And he said, oh, well, we go to the civic center of the Lord. <laughs> and so every Sunday, you know what happens? We have a ton of people that come, and they turn this into the civic center of the Lord every Sunday. The load team, who many times they're here on Saturday. And the guys in the parking lot. Driving a golf cart, some of them. The greeters, the ushers, the, the, la the young ladies who uh, do the, take care of the coffee cart, the coffee and sometimes snacks. Don't have snacks today, but sometimes we have snacks back there as well. The shock and awe team, the kids workers, the worship team. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble because I'm going to miss somebody. The prayer team at the end, who, who, who they, they, you know, they didn't just show up here today to turn this into the Civic Center of the Lord. They've been praying all week to turn this into the civic center of the Lord for you today. And then that load team again, the load out team. It says, every week these people are doing this. Every week they're doing that. But it's not just them. It's also those people who take it into the 163. Y'all remember 163? That was our theme last year. Don't forget that, okay? You know, that doesn't mean, okay, it's 2018, new theme, forget last year. No, 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 hang on to that, okay? The 163 are the 163 hours that we have outside of our Sunday worship block. Of time we have 163 hours for the rest of the week and so we got people that are taking this thing out there as well like the small group leaders you know and, and like uh, the Royal Rangers leaders and workers like the uh, the girl stuff leaders and workers the, uh, the the teen leaders and workers and and all those people who who help with the events which is a, a good number of you sometimes help with a, a, a big event here or there but especially those that are that are doing like like royal chicks and their Christmas project that they do and and, and the summer of serve and all the the group projects the smaller group projects not the big huge ones but those smaller group projects all of those things and they're 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 doing that you know it's like right now 
I'm, I'm kind of handling the load in on Saturday, you know, and, and uh, kind of trying to give everybody a break that normally does the load in on Saturday. And, and you know, I'm doing that. So why are you doing that, Pastor? Can I tell you why? Because you need to, you have to. No, it, it's my roll up your sleeves place. We all need a roll up your sleeves place because if you're not careful, you know, you, you can get imbalanced in either way. You can become so, so spiritual, you know what they used to say, so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. You know, you can become so spiritual that you, you're not getting anything done in your life. You know, it's, and if you're that way, you need to roll up your sleeves place. Or, you know, you can also be that, to imbalance on the other side where you're, you're all about the business and the work and, and you don't have any spirit about you. You've got to be balanced. You've got to have both. Well, that's my roll up your sleeves place because it's on Saturday. You know, it doesn't take anything away from what I'm doing on Sunday. And it only takes, you know, if I, if I had time here, I'd do a little commercial since I'm handling it in, in January. There's one more week. And it only takes us about 20, 25 minutes to unload the trailers because most everything's on wheels. So it's really easy. So if any of you guys want to help out, all you'd have to do is just let me know. I'll text you what time load in is next Saturday. But I don't have time to do a commercial, so I'm not going to do it, okay? That was tongue in cheek, all right. <laughs> yeah. But why am I saying that? Because you need to roll up your sleeves, please. Did you know that you don't have to be a gifted musician to serve God? Did you know that you don't have to be gifted to work with kids to serve God? Did you know you can show up on a Saturday and roll, roll equipment off of a trailer for 20, 25 minutes and serve the worship team and the shock and all team and the kids team by getting this stuff in here? Because, hey, the past few weeks, not this week so much, but the past few weeks, it's been really cold on Sunday. And so to just have the stuff in the building so they don't have to do it first thing on a, Saturday, on a Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. when it's... 20 degrees outside, it, you're serving. He said, there's all kinds of ways for people to serve. You can serve. You have it within you. Find a place to roll up your sleeves and do something. Because we're not going to just accept the invitation to be in his presence and ignore the call to serve, are we? No, we're not going to be that tacky. Let's do it all. Okay, being, in his, be, being chosen, one last thing right here. Being chosen. The third thing in second. Chronicles 29.11, being chosen is a call to lead others to worship. Okay, and you remember 1 Peter 2 and 9 that we read earlier? Uh, why, why, or why, you know, this, this priest thing of the Old Testament that now has become all of us are priests, why did God make us priests? The end of this verse tells us why. The first part is about that. It's what we focused on earlier. Let's focus on the last part. That we may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light that we can lead others to worship him. That doesn't mean just the worship that we do on Sunday, that we can lead others to worship him in every day of our life because it's not just about this, it's about the 163, those other hours as well. God called us to be priests, to lead others to worship him. How do we do that? By telling our story. I mean, when, 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 when Ollie tells her story about how God took her out of a darkness and into the light that she's in. You know, Brooke and Pierce, their video last week, you know, and, and, and how, how God, you know, as, as they were saying, you know, you look at them, you think, man, they've got it all together. You know, but they said there was this one thing missing, this sovereignty of God in their life. And when they tell this story about how God took them, and maybe it wasn't a deep darkness like some of us maybe think of, but how God brought them into a light, a beautiful light. When you tell that story, you're causing other people to praise God in their thoughts, just that one quick moment. So tell your story. Tell your story. And one of the things we've challenged the, the leaders at 2911, one of the things we've challenged ourselves to do in 2018, okay, if you didn't hear the first sermon of the year, go back 
and listen to it, okay? You need to hear that very first sermon two weeks ago. If you don't know what 67.2%, what that signifies, what's, what's important about that, then you didn't hear the sermon. You need to hear there's something awesome about that, but about everything else. And one of the things we've chosen to do this year is to give you the tools to help you tell your story. That's why the videos. But that's why this also. If you weren't here that first week, you don't know what this is. So let me tell you real quick, okay? Is just like the picture right there, you see? Uh, and the share of the dream. Hashtag 2911 share of the dream. Take one of these. Take it home. Write your dream out. Just, or write what God has done for you. Write something. You might write something about the darkness, but definitely write something about the light. Write your story, just a little bit, about 20 words or less, and, and then use the hashtag and post it to every social media account you've got, whatever, whatever uh, platforms you're on, you know, whatever, just post it every place you are, and say, that, that sounds good. No, it's not confusing, but we've given you instructions anyway, okay, just in case. If you've got questions, there's a co contact, there's a connection right here where you can ask a question, say, how do I do this, how do I do that? Like, you can, you don't post like 15 words, I mean, if you get over 20 words, you're not going to be able to read it, all right? You know, as you take a picture, snap, and put it on, and put it on Facebook, Twitter, and, and uh, uh, Instagram, and all those things. So you want to keep it short. But, you know, in the comments or the tags, you can add some story there, and you can tell your story. So we're doing it. So if you didn't get one, when you walk out the door, you're going to see those bright, uh, I think they're yellow, but in the light I'm standing in right now, they look orange. Um, they're, we're not... Uh, we're not celebrating Tennessee balls here today. I think it really is yellow. We just have to get, just have to get it in the right light. But uh, you see that when you walk out the door? Grab one. But don't just grab one. Do it. Tell your story. We're put, trying to put that in your hand. Second, secondly, here's another thing. that we, you, Some of you, a lot of you, need to be leading a small group. And you know small group leadership training is probably wrapping up right about now. Over the senior center, they're doing it one more time next week because two weeks from now, it's when, I think it's when small groups are supposed to launch. So you, you need, you remember those names I couldn't pronounce, you know, earlier in the, in the sermon? And uh, I, want, I want to take you back to, to one, Exodus chapter 35, verse 34. This is a couple of those names I couldn't pronounce. These were guys that were skilled craftsmen in a lot of ways. And here's what, here's what God says. The Lord has given both of these guys the ability to teach their skills to others. You know, if, if they were here, if they were here today as part of Church 2911, well, the first thing I would do is I'd have to learn how to pronounce their name so I could say hello to them every time they came to church on Sunday, right? But they would be small group leaders because they know how to teach what they know how to do. You know, and you can do that. If you know how to do something, you can teach it. You know, maybe you know how to do a craft of some kind. Maybe you know how to work on cars. You can do a small group to, to help people work on cars. Maybe single moms need to know how to change their oil, or maybe you can just do it and change it and be part of the small group. Or, or, or you, you know how to, uh, maybe you know how to pray. Okay, all of us are supposed to know how to pray because it's just communication with God. That's what I'm, not, what I'm talking about. What I mean is you know how to pray. If you know how to pray, you need to be leading a small group on that. Or maybe you know something about financial stability, and you know how to, how to build your finances for your family. You know how to, then you need to be doing a small group on that. Or, or you know something about having a strong marriage. You've been married 30, 40 years or so. And man, we got a lot of young, brand new marriages around here that would benefit so much from being in a small group with you. No, not because you're perfect. You might be weird. You might be weird. But that might, it might be that weird thing that you've embraced that God has put in you and in your life that has enabled you guys to stay together and stay married all the time. And, you know, and they just need to hear that and see that, that it's not going to be easy all the time. 
It might take some work, but they need, so you need, you need to consider this. And so even if, even if you don't, listen, if you go to the small group leadership training next week, you don't have to sign anything. You walk in the door. You can just walk in, just listen and hear and just see if you want to be, okay? I encourage you to at least, at least, if you haven't been, at least take advantage of that just to see if maybe this is something I need to do because this is another opportunity, another opportunity to share your story about how God brought you out of the darkness into the light. And here's the last thing. The, 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 the first Sunday of uh, the first sermon this year, I made a challenge. Here's the challenge. I challenge every one of us me included, and all of you too, every one of us to have at least one unconnected person with us on Easter Sunday morning in church. Now, I don't mean that you wait till that week to invite them. I mean, start inviting them now. And if they come next week, and they love it, and they stay with you, and they're here on Easter Sunday, then they're still that previously unconnected. You understand what I'm saying? I'm saying, though, I challenge you, every single one of us, because this ain't about us. It's not about me anymore. It's about somebody else who needs to know about this awesome light that he has brought us into, Jesus Christ. Somebody else needs to know that. And so you and I, we have been chosen. Why we've been chosen? Man, we've been chosen for awesome stuff. But we've been chosen, maybe most importantly now, to pass this on and let somebody else know. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, Our prayer team and pastoral staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer requests by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.